0: All right. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. More of your phone calls a little bit later this hour. Some Kobe Bryant Memorial leftovers. A lot of college basketball. State at UNC tonight, the late game on ESPN. Duke at Wake Forest, the 7 o'clock game on the ACC Network. Deeks and Tar Heels obviously in mostly miserable positions. Duke and State in mostly good to great position. But the Wolfpack has not been able to beat the Tar Heels head-to-head very often. Our next guest wore that uniform with the red and was one of the best players I've ever seen wear that NC State uniform. He, to this day, remains one of the best assist men in the history of college basketball. He still lives and works here in the Triangle area. He still shows up to support the Wolfpack in person on a regular basis. Also does work as a basketball commentator from time to time. Chris Corciani, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: Doing great, D.T.
0: How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you headed to Chapel Hill tonight, or are you going to take this one in uh, TV style?
1: TV style. Yeah, I'm going to watch this one. I've been looking forward to this game for some time, and uh, Roy, Roy should be a good one.
0: I was a wee baby journalist when you were playing in this rivalry. What were your favorite memories of playing in a state Carolina game? And how did you feel when it was a trip to Chapel Hill, you know, versus, you know, being in the comforts of home where you knew everybody was on your side?
1: Well, you guys love home games, but, um, you know, this game means so much. Um, when I was being recruited out of high school, you know, this was the one game that I always looked forward to and. Um, it, a lot of it has to do with the proximity, the fans. Every, everybody talks about the rivalry and, and the game so much. So as a player, uh, you certainly circle the, the two Carolina games on your on your calendar, and you're always ready to go. It's just a, a great atmosphere, no matter you know what you know how, how the teams are faring. Do
0: you remember your record against the Tar Heels, or is that too long ago?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I know I won. Um, at least one game over there, and uh, I believe we won. We split uh, with Carolina at Reynolds, but you know they had some great teams and great players, and um, just one of those things. You just the week leading up to that game, you've got your professors, you've got your your, your fellow students. Everybody's talking about it, so it's hard to escape uh, the excitement of that game.
0: It has been a season, as you know, as a huge supporter of the Wolfpack that I think in a big sense has been a good year, right? There's 10 ACC teams that wish – they were in the Wolfpack's position because those 10 have basically no chance of playing in the NCAA tournament. And yet it's been a bit of a roller coaster as well. What are your takeaways of what state has done right or not as well on the way to this 17 and 10 record that has them, uh, for now fifth place in the ACC standings.
1: Well, well David, to be honest, you know, th- this was a golden opportunity this year with the ACC being down, um, to, to really put together a nice resume. And, um, You know, NC State has had a number of hiccups, games that they shouldn't have lost that they have. Um, You know, they they did get one back when they beat Duke uh, the other day, but they just haven't been consistent. You know, you really don't know what you're getting from this NC State team night in, night out. Um, Now, the good news for NC State is they are playing really good basketball. You know, I think the last four or five games, um, you know, they're coming in to their own. They've got good chemistry. They've got a number of guys that are really stepping up, uh, one being Devin Daniels. I think his emergence in the last five or six games really is a a different type of NC State team right now. And and much can be said for Carolina. I mean, you look at their record, and it's not good. But, um, you know, they've had some gut-wrenching losses that if you take six or seven of those losses away, you know, you're talking about a different Carolina team.
0: Usually when we talk about ups and downs and roller coasters and not being sure what to expect, there's a lot of young players involved. This state team, you know, Markel Johnson's a senior, C.J. Bryce is a senior, uh, Pat Andre's a senior off the bench, uh, Devin Daniels is a fourth-year junior, D.J. Funderburk is a junior, almost every – Braxton Beverly is a junior, so almost everybody they use regularly – is in their third, third fourth or fifth season of college basketball is it a personality thing is it a uh, chemistry thing what's your educated guess on why the roller coaster
1: you know i don't know i think that's frustrating uh, not only the nc state fans but i'm sure the coaching staff as well um, you know there the, there's been some great highs and then there's been a number of, of really bad Loads. you know, as, as a fan and as a coach, you, you, you'd like to really know what you're getting every night. And, and you'd like to kind of keep it in the middle. But the word consistency, you know, just hasn't been there this year. But I'll fall back on if you look at the last five or six games, um, they're playing at a much higher level. Uh, they're really getting a lot more movement. Uh, they're, they're being aggressive on the defensive end. And, and the games that they've won in, in this little stretch um they've gotten out of the gates real well um if you look at the duke game they jumped out on them. i think that's going to be important tonight for nc state is to get off early and and then kind of give yourself a belief that you can win you know there's a mental block that these kids have as well because they haven't had great success uh, success against carolina so i think getting off to a good start is going to be really vital
0: It's been fun sharing with your own children stories of getting to watch dad play as a Wolfpack player back in the day. And in all sincerity, Chris, you were a high effort guy that I don't remember, you know, having seeing a different Chris Corchiani, whether it was home or away or seeing a different coach, whether it was the high profile opponent or a lower profile opponent. Do you remember like what you did pregame or, you know, on the bus or on the plane? You know, to, to sort of charge yourself up or, or get your teammates riled up, maybe for a game that was not as high high profile.
1: You know, I, I took every game the same way, whether it was you know playing the, the heels or playing Duke um, or, or playing a lesser opponent. I I was so nervous before every game, and and um, you know I was just so ready to go. And mentally, um, you know, when the ball gets picked up and everything slows down for you, but um, you know, when you're not a real talented player, you've got to try to make it up in different ways. And, and I was very fortunate to play with some great players and um, played against, you know, against some great players, too. And that, that, that was what was so fun is, um, you know, playing against great teams and great players and rivalries. Um, you know, you, you, you shouldn't have to get up for a Carolina game. You, you, you only play a number of games so I approached every game whether it was a rivalry game or a preseason game the same way
0: a lot of years have passed since you played are you surprised that you're still so high what is it hurley with a thousand plus career assists from duke you with a thousand plus of course from state ed cota i know had a thousand plus at carolina like so many other records, we say, oh, they're meant to be broken, and you just see people soar past you. All these decades later, I mean, aren't you guys still one, two, and three? What's going on with assists in college basketball?
1: <laughs> it is. You know, the game's changed so much, and, and I think that's a record uh, that, that Bobby Hurley has that, that you know may stand for, for, for a long time. Nowadays, the, the guards are bigger, stronger. They're, they're, they're scoring at a, a bigger clip. And, and then the more important factor is um, a lot of players aren't staying four years yeah. to, to yeah. compile all those assists. So um, I wish I was number one and not number two, because <laughs> I think Bobby's record is going to be there for a while.
0: Hey, you stood in the senior point guard shoes way back in the day. Coach Keats joined us earlier this season and said that he thought Markel was kind of inside his own head worrying about scouts, worrying about, you know, a job interview a couple months from now, et cetera. Do you remember feeling any kind of a different pressure during your senior year, you know, compared to when you're younger? Because some have pointed to that as uh, maybe an explanation why Markel, when you're supposed to be most consistent as a senior, still riding that roller coaster.
1: You know, I, I wish I knew, you know, what why he's had some ups and downs. Um, uh, you know, it really should approach every game every year the same way. Uh, whether you're a freshman or a senior, you need to be ready to go and, and not look at the future. I think that the older generation players, the the guys that played in my era in the 80s, you know, we didn't look at the next level. You know, we, we really appreciated what we had right in front of us. And um, that's not a knock on the, the younger generation. It's just they, they use it more as a platform where I think back in the, the 80s and early 90s, I think guys really wanted to to be there, and they focused what they had at the moment, and they really didn't think about their future as much as uh, these kids do nowadays.
0: When you put on your point guard binoculars, what do you see when you glance at the other point guard tonight, UNC freshman star Cole Anthony, who has supposedly you know, NBA lottery caliber talent and sometimes shows that but clearly this late in his freshman season doesn't seem to have connected fully with all of his teammates.
1: I tell you, David, he, he scares me tonight. You know, I think that, um, he hasn't played as, as well as he's capable of playing. He's had, you know, some games here and there. Um, but this is going to be on a big stage and, uh, he's a as talented as any player in the country. Um, he hasn't played that way. And again, um, you know, I think he's one that, that NC State really needs to keep in check because he's he's the kind of guy, much like Martell Johnson, uh, if they get it going, you know, they can dominate the game all by themselves.
0: Last week, you and Tom Gugliotta and Carl Hess celebrated an anniversary. Was there any kind of a a cake that you cut? Is there any is there any way to celebrate getting tossed from a Wolfpack game? By a hope, high profile uh, ACC official. Can't believe it's well, been we, eight years since that happened.
1: We, we had a good time going back on Twitter with a few folks, and, and ironically, Tom reached out to me and said, hey, you know, do you know it's our anniversary? And I said, Hell you know, yeah, I've been, I've been getting hammered by it, but, uh, you know, I can't believe it's been eight years. That's one thing. And, uh, you know, I guess in two years we'll have our big 10 year anniversary. That'll be something special.
0: <laughs> the funny thing about you, in my having known you for so long, uh, of course, you were incredibly intense as a player. But as a dad, or I've seen you in business environments, I've seen you in social environments, you're really a laid back guy in a lot of ways. Is it, is it mostly Wolfpack sporting events that bring out that more intense Chris Cortiani nowadays?
1: It does. i tell you what's funny is I had that mentality on the court of ha- having that fiery temper. And when, when I ended up having children, I really think it, it calmed me down Yeah. and, and it actually hurt me, uh, in my professional career. I had, I was overseas and, and I just kind of, you know, I don't want to say I, I lost the fire, but, but it just kind of calmed me down. And that's Again, when you're not talented, you have to find
2: certain things, certain attributes that really get you going. But uh, I love NC State.
1: NC State's been great to me over the years, and they gave me a wonderful opportunity to get an education and and play basketball for the greatest fans in the country. Um, So I love going to, you know, whether it's a wrestling match. I've really enjoyed the women's basketball games this year. So it doesn't matter if it's basketball, football. uh, You know, I I love the university and and their athletic uh, program.
0: That's really interesting. I have never heard you say that before because, as you know, coaches talk about fighting human nature all the time. You know, when Coach K was asked to explain why the Wolfpack just beat the Blue Devils like a drum, he said it's not an Xbox game. It's, it's, it's human nature, and those who fight some parts of human nature better than others, who's hungrier, et cetera, you know, who's up or down for this game or not, I hadn't thought of fatherhood that way. Maybe it's because I was not a professional athlete, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm closer to mellow as a dad. I know my staff can't picture the word mellow, but uh, i I feel that, and I can imagine having watched you play that that was an adjustment for you.
1: yeah, it was. you know I think the the key word you used was was hungry and 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 I think that you know, going into the game tonight, you know you've got empty state who really need to win. Uh, you have Carolina that that, doesn't you know you know it's really irrelevant um but you've got coach williams who who wants to beat nc state in a worse way and that's where the hunger comes from within unc tonight is that he's going to have those guys ready to play nc state needs the game more than carolina does but roy's going to have those boys ready to play yeah
0: you're right you're right and they should be healthier the tar heels than they were against louisville over the weekend, uh, Garrison Brooks, maybe, maybe not. Justin Pierce is expected back for the Tar Heels. His name is Chris Corciani. He is still one of the greatest assist men of all time. Thanks for the time, as always, on the David Glenn Show, man. Enjoy the evening.
1: Yeah, thanks, DJ.
0: You got it. 1-800-849-2761. I didn't know him personally way back when. He's become a good friend of the program. But, man, I enjoyed watching him as a young journalist. I'm telling you. Uh, The way he described himself was really perfectly accurate. You knew you'd be in for a fight every time you saw Chris Corciani. He had a swagger about him. It's so funny seeing him as a dad and as a husband and as an older guy. Not old, old, but you know, he's probably, I don't know, somewhere in the 50 range. And he's a mostly laid-back guy unless you put him in very narrow contexts like rooting for the Wolfpack. And as a player, he wasn't laid back at all. Was, there was not a drop of mellow in Chris Corchiani as the player. You all know, right, even though you guys are younger dudes, Darren Vaught representing the 20s and 30-somethings in our audience. Intern Will is with us as well. The superstar, rising star of the broadcasting industry is from William Peace University and representing an even younger generation. You, you know fire and ice, Corch is the fire, right? You know that. Do you know the rest of that story? Rodney Monroe, sharpshooting wing guard. Yeah, played, now that's one I Korch. didn't experience but have been told about since being in North Carolina because that's like, I mean, that's ACC legend right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Corch. You couldn't take the ball from him. He, he was just physically tough, mentally tough. You know, he was a combination of really, you know, good skill in terms of seeing the court passing the ball you know, making sure he hit his free throws, just never giving you an inch. And this year's Wolfpack, you know, needs more of that personality. You know, Julius Hodge had a lot of that personality, right? You might beat him, but he's not going to help you beat him. And he's going to go for your jugular. And as Coach said, the Wolfpack needs to go for the jugular tonight in Chapel Hill, man, he was fun to watch. Give Devin Daniels of this year's team has a little bit of that reach for the jugular. He doesn't seem to be a human roller coaster the way Markel Johnson can be. Or C.J. Bryce for different reasons. He had that you know concussion problem and then that's just hard to work your way through. That's not as much emotional or psychological. That's That's more physical, I think. But most Wolfpack players have been up and down to one degree or another this year. They need more of that Devin Daniels-style consistency. In a given game, I've seen Markel Johnson be the best Wolfpack player. I've seen DJ Funderburk be the best Wolfpack player. Uh, I've seen CJ Bryce early this year, frequently the best Wolfpack player. From A to Z, most consistent from beginning to end, it might be Devin Daniels. The best version of all the Wolfpack's rotation players at the same time, that is is a team that could make some noise in Greensboro at the ACC tournament. Make some noise, not just get to the big dance, but make some noise once there. If it's and I don't know what I'm going to get on a given night as Kevin Keats reaches for the reserves or even the starters, well, they might make the NCAA tournament, but their ceiling probably is not much higher than that. Reiner is in Kernersville, North Carolina. Gary is in Wilson, North Carolina. You can call us from Wilmington or Greenville or other wonderful places to our east. Asheville and Boone and the Triad and other places to our west. Of course, all day, every day, right here in and around the capital city of Raleigh. 1-800-849-2761. UNC Greensboro coach Wes Miller in the books. Chris Corciani, Wolfpack legend, in the books. David Ayers. Hurricanes backup goalie superstar and media darling dropped by a little bit earlier as well on his worldwide media tour. We're headed to PNC Arena after today's show, Canes with DG style. So we'll see you there as David Ayers is sounding the siren and Rod Brindamore's Hurricanes are hosting the Dallas Stars. There's been a makeover for Carolina at the trade deadline. The new names. Some of them will be in the lineup. Certainly in between the nets, you'll see the call-ups, or at least one from the Charlotte Checkers. 1-800-849-2761. We have the NFL on our mind. We have State at Carolina and Duke at Wake Forest and other college basketball on our mind. You can be next with your question or comment. 1-800-849-2761. Did you know that Joe Burrow's hands have been measured at only nine inches, and apparently that is small by NFL quarterback standards? Oh, that and other meat market details from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. And did you hear that American heavyweight boxer Deontre, Deontay Wilder has some interesting explanations slash excuses for what went wrong Saturday night in Las Vegas as Wilder suffered the first and only loss of his pro boxing career, losing his belt to Tyson Fury of England. An interesting explanation to say the least. More on those stories with more of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Mmm. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Great time for your phone calls because we have been locked and loaded with great guests. Wolfpack legend Chris Cortiani as the Pack travels to Carolina tonight, 9 o'clock ESPN. Duke is at Wake, 7 o'clock ACC Network. The home teams don't have a lot to play for beyond pride and rivalries. The Tar Heels have lost seven straight as they host the Wolfpack. Their most recent win was against the Pack in Raleigh. The road team, Carolina won at PNC Arena. Roy Williams has that 36-4 and head-to-head record against State, but the Wolfpack has certainly been playing better basketball than the Tar Heels of late. That is your late game tonight. Duke at Wake, of course, matches the Blue Devils fighting for first place in the ACC, a 15-team league visiting the Deacons who are trying to avoid dead last in the ACC. Only the Tar Heels below them right now. Danny Manning possibly in his final season as the head coach at Wake Forest. Mike Krzyzewski, 40 years into one of the great coaching tenures in college basketball history. David Ayers has dropped by. We're headed to PNC Arena and the Canes game. Tanner in Raleigh has a hockey-related question or comment. Wes Miller of UNC Greensboro was our guest earlier, a national championship player with the Tar Heels he is now the winningest head coach at UNC Greensboro in that program's history they have their senior night tomorrow hosting another of the best of the Southern Conference that's uh, Furman visiting UNCG on senior night for James Dickey and Kieran Galloway and Malik Massey Tanner is in Raleigh Gary and Reiner have college basketball on their mind still others the NFL 1-800-849-2761 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Tanner, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead.
2: Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test your uh, omnipotent, all-knowing Uh-oh. sports knowledge. Oh, here. no. Uh, and I do not know the answer to this question. <laughs> uh, who is the uh, Hurricanes' emergency goalie, and what's it going to take to get David Ayers
0: here permanently. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I do know the answer. There's actually two answers. I think I only know this because I am a Canes season ticket holder and a Canes following media member, who's wearing a Canes pullover as we speak. So I am a Canes geek and a Caniac to the core. One guy I have follow, I, I've at least followed him a little bit better, closer, because he used to play for NC State's club hockey team. And his name is Calvin Stone, so I never know which the Canes have two emergency goalies, and it's kind of like, you know, I guess if David Ayers is in Toronto, and he's he just told us on today's show, what did he estimate he's been their emergency goalie more than a hundred times over three years, okay? maybe he doesn't rotate with somebody. Maybe David Ayers working for the Toronto Marlies and just living in the Toronto area. Maybe he's available all the time. Not. And by that, he means, of course, he's been on call. He yeah. hasn't been in the game as the, no, emergency no. but goal. he's there when you're on call. Not yeah, everybody understands this. Arena. You are at the arena. So what I do know is this Calvin stone, former Wolfpack goaltender is one of two guys who rotates as the PNC arena emergency goalie. Now, I mean, maybe they're both rock stars and they just live such busy, fun lives that they can't commit to all 40 or so home games. So they got to rotate a guy named Spencer Williams and a guy named Calvin Stone rotate as the PNC Arena emergency goalie. I don't know which one is in the house tonight. Maybe they should both be there just to meet David Ayers since David Ayers is sounding the siren tonight. So I guess that's half an answer for you, Tanner. I can't promise you which guy will be there tonight. But that is the correct answer. And, and for those who don't remember, you got to be available for either team. So it's not, wow, man, I root for the Canes. I, I occasionally, you know, stop shots from the Canes in some kind of practice session or whatever. Uh, no, you got to be ready. To, I think one of the two emergency goalies, we might have been at this game, Darren. Were we at Phoenix at Carolina this year? Remember when Antti, what is his name? Antti Rieni, um, he got hurt and got pulled out of the game anti Ranta, that's his name, starting goalie for Arizona. He gets hurt, and the doctors say he's not coming back tonight. So what does that mean? That means number two, the full-time Arizona Coyotes player, is now in the game against the Carolina Hurricanes at PNC. Were you with me this night? Maybe I'm not. I'm trying to remember. Maybe not. I do remember the a Coyotes won, game. The Canes won in a shutout, and I think Peter Morozik got the shutout, okay? So you wouldn't have worried about the drama because it wasn't a close game, but if you're the backup goaltender, if you're Calvin Stone, you go from chilling and watching a hockey game, I assume you avoid the beer stands if you're the emergency goalie, right? You get the call from the Phoenix Coyotes, hey, Ranta is out, the backup is in, which automatically means, remember on Saturday night, David Ayers didn't go from street clothes to the Canes net. He went from street clothes to, wow, I'm the backup, right? James Reimer got hurt in the first period, but you just figure out Peter Morazic will cover it from here. So you're starting to find a jersey and get your name on it and you skate to the bench, et cetera. Well, Calvin Stone... In that game when the Canes hosted Phoenix, or or Arizona rather, earlier this year, he was on his way and I I assume got into a Coyotes uniform. I can't remember if he was on the bench or when the injury happened, but he was next man up. So Calvin Stone came that close to getting in a game at PNC as the emergency backup, but the Coyotes' actual backup did not get hurt, which is, again, how it works 999 times out of 1,000. So, Tanner, I don't know if I let you down. I can't tell you who's there tonight, but that's all I got on emergency backup goalies. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening, bud. 1-800-849-2761. Stump the Chump, was that? You know what they usually, at least he admitted he didn't know the answer. You know what we get a lot? Is the guy who knows the answer. Something just obscure. And has spent the past 30 minutes or so researching something, And they just want to make us look bad. You know, which is okay. (laughs) I mean, if that's your form of fun, I guess I'm here for you for that. Stump the Chump, not successful today just because I'm that much of a geek. For the Canes, I believe, quick shout out, I think it was Chip Alexander of the News and Observer who recently wrote about both Calvin Stone and Spencer Williams, the two guys who rotate as the PNC Arena emergency goaltenders. So there you have it. Those guys had never previously been a part of a David Glenn show, but I shout out to them. I would. My dream is just to be an emergency goalie. I'm a little past my prime, but that would be fun in itself. David Ayers took that dream to the next level on Saturday night in Toronto. Reiners in Kernersville and next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Well, Hey, what's going on, man?
2: Good afternoon, David. Uh, thanks for having me
0: on. Sure. What's on your mind?
2: But yeah, listen, I heard you earlier talking about, uh, and I don't think there is, there's any doubt that Panny. Uh,
0: yeah, it's going to be an expensive buyout, but I think you're right. Wake, wake has no choice or little choice but to make a move because at some point it gets expensive to keep a coach uh, in the millions of dollars if there's enough apathy around a program, and I think we've reached that point in Winston-Salem.
2: Listen, i got another name for you, okay? Yeah. yeah. Let, let's throw this name around. I think you'd be a good one. Although I heard you, you talk about b Yeah, he's old. He's 67, but I think he's got five years left. Yeah. Yeah. He's been pretty successful in, in his time. It's oh, for sure. Gone, but ouch. And the other guy, Dawkins. well, he'd be a good choice, too. But what about, and I've watched him numerous times this year, wasn't that good at Alabama? He wasn't bad. What about Anthony Grant?
0: Anthony Grant was an up-and-coming coach way back at VCU, right? where he made a name for himself. You're right, he did not work out at Alabama. I think Wake Forest has to aim higher than somebody like that, to be candid about it. Like Kevin Willard has put together a program at Seton Hall over a 10-year period. John Beeline has truly, like, what, four decades worth of college basketball head coaching excellence, including a high-profile West Virginia program, including a high-profile Michigan program. Folks have to remember, somebody like Dan Dockich, Whereas he's not afraid of anybody, and he certainly has that personality to back it up. He was a head coach at Bowling Green for about a decade, and he never made the NCAA tournament there. So you might love him or hate him as a game broadcaster, love him or hate him as a sports radio host up in Indiana somewhere. He's not going to be an ACC head coach ever at any school period. So we got to just get that. You can like him. I'm not making fun of anybody who likes him. He's never going to be a head coach in the ACC. The, 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 somebody like Wake Forest, which has suffered through a mostly miserable decade. Jeff Buzdelic was a bad fit from the start, a guy who knows basketball but does not have anything like the personality that you need to be a good recruiter at the college level. He was made for the pros. He was previously in the pros. He's now back in the pros. That's what he's about. He is not about captivating the personalities of 17-year-olds and their moms and dads and their high school coaches and their AAU coaches. That's not the way the guy is wired. And that, whereas Ron Wellman, former Wake AD, made a lot more good decisions than bad decisions. Some people have short memories along those lines. The guy deserves a lot of respect for doing a lot more right than wrong. That was, and I said it in the moment, an indefensible, hard-to-understand hire. At Wake Forest a decade ago, and predictably it worked out horribly. Danny Manning was a little bit more justifiable, right? You could picture a guy who's been to the NBA and who grew up in the triad of North Carolina and who had some success briefly as a head coach at Tulsa. You could picture that being a worthwhile sales pitch. Hey man, I want a national title as a player at Kansas. Hey man, I can not only tell you about the NBA, I made the leap myself. Hey, I can not only tell you about this great state of North Carolina and the Winston-Salem area, that's where I grew up with my family. So there's a lot of authenticity to that sales pitch. And he signed and developed guys like John Collins on their way to being NBA lottery picks and good NBA players. He just hasn't done enough of that. Through six years to probably justify keeping his job, John Beeline is worthy of discussion. Kevin Willard is worthy of discussion. Uh, Some of the others mentioned today worthy of discussion. In a sense, I feel bad that we're even having this conversation because Danny Manning does have to play out the string, right? And I'm not against. By the way, there are Darren. If we had taken a job with the ACC Network or anybody who works officially with the conference. Like, there's also, you know, oh, DG, you're not allowed to talk about possible successors to this coach or that. I'm not good at playing by those rules. But I do think there's a time and a place for everything. And March, mid-March especially, right? The Deeks are going to lose to somebody at the ACC tournament. And both while we're there and in the aftermath, of course, Jim Christian at Boston College, Josh Passner at Georgia Tech, and Danny Manning at Wake Forest, until an athletic director or somebody above that pay grade says Jim Christian will be back at BC next year, Josh Pastner will be back at Georgia Tech next year, or Danny Manning will be back at Wake Forest next year, none of which I expect anybody to say, by the way. Of course it's going to be worthy of our discussion at that point in Greensboro as perhaps you're on the cusp of Danny Manning's last game, and somebody's going to have to ask Danny Manning that question, right? Right? You know what the young people in the media are going to do? They're going to turn around and look at me to see if I'll ask Danny Manning that question after the Deacons lose at the ACC tournament. And I think there's a a respectful way to ask that question. And maybe I'll come up with that between now and Greensboro. But I've done it to other coaches. Nine times out of ten, they understand why you're asking the question. Again, in that context, if Danny Manning was our guest right now, I'm not going to ask him, you know, a job keep your job related question it's just it's just not the time and the place once we get to greensboro of course at georgia tech at boston college at wake forest all these things are fair game and i remember uh, asking seth greenberg in what turned out to be his last game at virginia tech i was the one who said coach do you believe you have a resume that in a world where most people focus largely on how many ncaa tournament bids Do you have and remember he was always on the bubble and occasionally got the Hokies into the big dance, but more often did not get them there and just had a nice team and the question was is that good enough for Virginia Tech a school that's not been very good at basketball very often or was that kind of resume going to fall short of getting another year. And it's funny, because to this day, he's a popular guest on our show, now a broadcaster for ESPN. In the moment, he didn't like the question. <laughs> and that would be an understatement. He did not like the question. Now, later, he understood why. Because if you ask the question, well, then that guy doesn't look like a guy begging for his job by going to the podium after, again, what turned out to be his last game as a head hokey. If you bring it up as the coach, you somebody's going to criticize you because you're you're begging for your job or you're campaigning inappropriately or whatever. When you're answering a media member's question, do you believe your resume deserves more time as the head coach at Virginia Tech? Most coaches understand the media world well enough to know that you just did them a favor by asking that question. And he eventually came to see it that way. And in the moment, he elaborated on his resume and how tough the ACC is. And the Hokies are not a frequent NCAA tournament participant. And he feels like he's gotten them to the right places enough times. And he had a couple of ACC Coach of the Year awards. You know, Danny Manning does not have such things in his favor. Five losing seasons out of six is a much different context than the more mixed bag resume that Seth Greenberg got before his, had before his dismissal at Virginia Tech. So I think the bottom line for all of us is the same, but uh, the, the coaching carousel is not going to really get up to full speed until, let's see, about two weeks from now. 1-800-849-2761. Last call for phone calls on the other side, the NFL, college basketball, the new look Carolina Hurricanes, and a crazy story involving Deontay Wilder, American heavyweight boxer, that's as we welcome more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Next on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Last call for phone calls is right now. We've had three great guests. Hope you enjoyed our conversations with UNC Greensboro's Wes Miller, Wolfpack basketball legend Chris Corciani, and the star internationally. Emergency backup goalie David Ayers dropped by here on his way to PNC Arena. That's where we're headed as well. Little Canes with DG action tonight. Congratulations to Pam, the latest to win two lower-level tickets and a parking pass. She's headed with a friend to tonight's Canes-Dallas Stars game. We also have the grand prize winners. On the glass this evening as well. Don't forget to enter. You can still win tickets throughout March and into early April. Two lower-level tickets in most cases with a parking pass if you still enter Canes with DG. Again, this year's grand prize has been claimed. one 800 As we come back to a last call for phone calls, quickly on the fallout to Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder in Vegas on Saturday night. It was Fury over Wilder in that heavyweight championship boxing match. The American from Alabama, Deontay Wilder, had been previously unbeaten. He did say yesterday that there will be a third bout. So the first one was a draw. Saturday night was Fury, TKO of Wilder. His corner threw in the towel in the seventh round, I think it was. So Fury, who's still undefeated and whose only draw is to Wilder. Wilder now has the Saturday night defeat, and his only draw is to Fury a little over a year ago. They will fight for a third time. Date, place, details still to be announced but they had some good pay-per-view numbers on Saturday night. Some people believe it's the first time many Americans have been interested in heavyweight-level boxing in almost two decades when guys like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield had a lot of people intrigued. The weird detail that I saw in that same interview where Wilder said, yes, he is going to exercise the clause where there's one more bout between these two men. Did you see this, Darren Vaught? You know what a freak I am for, for attention to detail, all right? We go through a a five-day-a-week cycle where it's you and I, and often intern Will is a part of this process, and it is hard to do everything exactly right when you are in a 24-hour rinse cycle, right? In other words, if we had the annual DG Show Awards, once in 365 days, where we honored our Hall of Fame members and our Coach of the Year and our Player of the Year and all these other things that we do, we would have to pay even more attention to detail to something that would only happen once a year, right? There's only so much time in the 24-hour rinse cycle. We still want to get everything exactly right, but, you know, weird stuff happens in live radio, and sometimes guests aren't there when they're supposed to be. And you can just only squeeze so much preparation into every 24-hour cycle. Whereas, again, if you have a 364-day buildup, I would expect us to get more details right at our annual DG Show right. Awards. Right, even, even with the presence of more that there could possibly be to get wrong. Yes! Absolutely, yes. And, like, if we have a United States president on or we're at some venue where we've been invited to be a part of Hall of Fame festivities, you know, we're going to treat that special moment with that much more attention to detail, et cetera. Deontay Wilder says that he believes one of the reasons he lost on Saturday night is that he wore the costume for too long leading up to the bout, and I don't mean, like, Hours ahead of time, I mean during the walk to the ring and while he's standing in the ring. If if you're a heavyweight champion of the world, you don't box all that often. You have the biggest bout of your career, and in the aftermath, he said that he knew as early as the second round that he didn't have his usual legs. Fighters use that phrase a lot. It's never a good thing. Apparently, his costume which was designed in honor of Black History Month. Wilder is an African-American man. He wanted to be a part of that celebration. The bout took place in Black History Month, etc. He was mad at his corner because somebody who didn't have the authority to throw in the towel threw in the towel. So that's one of his explanations slash excuses. He was getting his brains beat, beat in for anybody who saw it. So it sounds more like an excuse than an explanation to me. But couldn't there be in a world filled with more vice presidents and assistant pencil sharpeners than I can imagine would ever have been the case? Wouldn't there be somebody assigned to, is his costume too heavy? This is is not an everyday event. This is the heavyweight championship of the world. Nobody anywhere, they think about your diet, they think about your training, they obsess about your weight and the weigh-in and every other detail. The X's and O's of boxing, everything is scrutinized. But this guy ends up wearing a 40-pound costume for so long that he says he knew that he was shot by the second round. If there could be assistant vice presidents in charge of pencil sharpening, are there assistance to the people who get us coffee in the morning, Darren? I would think there's a room when you have a mega million dollar payday coming your way as Wilder and Fury both did. Isn't there room for somebody to think of one other detail? How about not physically wearing out a guy who may have to go a lot of rounds with a guy who's six foot nine, 250 pounds plus and boxed him to a draw last year? that is one detail that you should not mess up final thoughts tv picks as we come down the stretch next rob schneider joining us on the david glenn show when they try to have three days of the nfl draft on tv my friend said hey you gonna watch the nfl draft
1: that's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction <laughs> like you see that building over there in a
2: couple of months there's gonna yeah. be some breasts in there
0: you're listening to the david glenn show we are coming down the stretch on today's program. Thanks to Wes Miller of UNCG, David Ayers of the Canes, Chris corciani of the Wolfpack, TV Picks, State at Carolina, 9 o'clock ESPN, Pelicans at Lakers, 10 o'clock TNT, Canes hosting the Stars too. See you there and see you tomorrow. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The
2: David Glenn Show.